James Harden, the East Player of the Month. Jimmy Butler of the Heat out again with knee inflammation. Miami's won six straight. We'll be hosting Atlanta tonight. I'm Steve DeSager. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. My heavens, my gracious, the drama it is. For a girls semifinal action ends in a high, on a high note for Cash Valley. Logan girls get the upset, and the Skyview girls take care of business in the nightcap. We have a Logan semi, or excuse me, Logan Skyview State Championship in Region 11 girls basketball. What a game, and and more importantly, what a call. Now I, I said it just before we went to the top of the hour. It's one thing to call six games in three days or whatever it is. It's another thing to call six games and all of them are just down to the wire in three days. But that's what our guy John Newbold and uh, Mr. Ryan Grunick did over there in, I believe, uh, you guys in Richfield? Is that right, South Seaver? Where are you at? Yep, we're at the Sevier Valley Center in Richfield. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been exciting basketball here the last couple of days. John Newbold, Ryan Grunick uh, joining us here on the uh, – uh, on the full court press, uh, before we go any further, if you didn't get to hear how the game ended, John Newbold, Ryan Grunick on the call here. Skyview, Desert Hills, Thunder. Desert Hall, Hills will have the ball in the back court. So Jacobson to inbound. They get it. Should be backcourt. Yep, but she brings it up. In the corner, three-pointer on the way. It's short. No good. Skyview rebounds. And, and Skyview wins. Skyview wins. Skyview wins! It's an all-region 11 championship well, tomorrow. And th- this is kind of justice because we've said all along, our region has the toughest girls teams in the state. And uh, th- we showed it tonight. Boy, did they ever show it tonight. Hey, uh, so, Ryan, first you, I got to ask. Uh, toughest hey. region in the state. You've seen about everything you possibly can see in girls basketball. What gives you that feeling? That Region 11, besides the fact that there's two girls teams in the state championship from our region. Hey, RJ, Ryan had to step out. Okay. He, so, yeah, he's not here. I don't know what he's basing it on. He's, he sees more teams than I do, but the Coach Vanessa Hall, too, said it in the postgame, you know, the, the teams that she saw. And, and she even included, like, I mean, look at the run that Bear River made. They, they upset Green Canyon, who we all know was, was one of the contenders for the, the region title. And, they upset them, and then they came down, and only t- they took Logan to a three-point game yesterday, and and Mountain Crest was scrappy in all the games, but they're a young team too for girls basketball, and then of course Skyview got here, and so yeah, Region 11 strong, and really when you, you go back through the way that Skyview started the regular season, AJ, you ask that question. I know that when Ryan and I were doing some of the boys' games. We would keep track of the girls' games, and they knocked off these girls' teams like Juan Diego and others that were down here in the tournament, and they really took it to them. I know they beat East by, you know, 30 points earlier in the season too. So, I mean, Skyview is one of those teams, but Logan, obviously, the way that they took out the number one seed in Pineview, I mean, Pineview had only had two losses all season long, and two of them, both losses that they had were to this Desert Hills team that Skyview just beat. 
Yeah, that's and, and that's phenomenal. When in tonight's game, uh, obviously Merrill had a great game. She had the first six. She went out. I think it's back to back threes. Hyatt had yep. had four coming out of the gate. It just seemed like these girls started off sizzling from the field. Kind of gave them a little bit of momentum and a little bit of confidence going into the rest of the game. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think that was. I know that Ryan and I. The thing that we talked about in the game yesterday against Ridgeline, you know. We just talked about, hey, you know, Skyview got, has to get off to a quick start. And they it, they really didn't. But tonight they did. And, and really in the Logan game earlier, that's how Logan got their big lead. Logan led by as many as 21. Skyview had a lead of a 12. But they both got off to quick starts. And I think you're right, Ajay. I think it gave them confidence to see that ball go through the hoop early. And then they weathered the storm when the teams came back. Oh, sorry. Eric, I got Eric Franson here just joining me late, but here's Eric. Well, and I was going to say, Ryan just joined me again for the second time, Ajay. So uh, maybe we can get that question. Ryan, Ajay asked the question very start. He wanted to know why you think that Region 11 was so strong. You've seen more games than I have. Uh, I've seen every team play uh, almost twice this year. And top to bottom, we we were super, super good. And I think we saw that Bear River beats Green Canyon. And I think a lot of it is, is no one has a ton of se- Logan has, you know, a senior loaded, but that's about the only one. And, but we're familiar and we push each other in, in our region. We don't have the, the patsies like these other regions have, you know. I don't want to point out schools, but other schools do have the, the patsies in their region. Well, you can't. That you, don't get p- pushed. You can't. I will. Region 10. Yeah. Eric, go ahead. So uh, let me ask you guys about the the Logan uh, game. And, uh, John, I I don't know that we can say enough about the game Amber Karchner put on display for the Grizzlies, not just in scoring but in rebounding and steals. And just her her overall impact on that game just was amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you had – if there was fantasy basketball for girls basketball, you want Amber Karchner on your team. (laughs) I'm – I'm not kidding. She, she, like you said, she filled up the stat sheet. I mean, her scoring was amazing because there, you don't usually see it on. I mean, I don't want to put it this way, but you don't usually see that at the on uh, the girls' level. You see that like with the the, the boys, like a, a guy that just gets a little bit of separation and they can just go lights out. That's what Amber Karchner did, and uh, I've seen Amber Karchner play a few times. And that, by far, was the best game I've ever seen her play. She was absolutely phenomenal and carried her team. And then she got some help from Taylor Rose and others. But Amber Karchner was on fire that game. Well, and the other thing that I noticed is when it's, it was tight down the stretch right at the end, and Amber was the one that wanted the ball. Yeah, that's right. She, she was calling for the ball, and so you saw her true leadership come out there. She was going to put this game on her te- on her shoulders and carry it to a victory, and she was dragging tired. She was so tired, and yet just put it on and, and yep. be, knew, wanted to set the tone of, I'm the best player out here. And it, I don't think she was doing it in a cocky way. No, she did She was saying, I'm the best player for my team right now to help us win. Yep. So in the regular season, these two teams – uh, you know, as you play in, in region, you play each other once at your place and once at theirs. Uh, but for Skyview and Logan, the two times they played each other, really close games both times. Logan wins one by two. 
uh, Skyview wins the other one by four. <laughs> I mean, it can't get hardly any closer than that. These two teams pretty evenly matched, and as you guys said earlier, in a very tough region. Uh, can we expect anything different tomorrow in the championship game? I don't think so. I mean, and, and if I remember right, that game that, that Logan won by two, it was in overtime. Yeah. An overtime game, and, and Skyview had a chance at the end, but felt like a call didn't go their way, too. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think it's going to be anything different. I mean, you, these two semifinal games, even though Skyview and Logan in their respective games got big leads and the other teams came back and then they held on, I think that tomorrow is going to have a lot of fireworks because of the familiarity with the two programs. They know each other. They know what to expect. They know how to push each other. And <laughs> they know each other's plays. Yeah, they, they, that's, and, and I noticed with Skyview today, they went to, like, cards. They were holding up cards instead of just yelling out the plays. I think that yesterday they really had a hard time from the bench to the players because of the – how loud it is in here that they, they needed to make sure that their players got the right yeah, play call. That's taken something from the Stu Morrow playbook. That's right. He used to always use cards there. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and I w also I wanted to ask you about the venue, how it's playing out. I know it's it's a lot closer for those Southern Utah teams to uh, travel their fans there and their support crew there. But what's what's the venue been like and what's the, uh, the, the crowd and support for, for these Region 11 teams been like? Well, first of all, the venue itself – is a perfect venue for high school athletics uh, i think i mean i know this volleyball tournament is always held down here for 4a but as far as like crowds i think that skyview and logan have traveled obviously the southern schools have a few more fans but i mean i don't think they the the valley teams have been less loud no I, in fact i think if you took you know this last game comparing the desert hills to skyview i think we might have had a few more fans than even even they did they had more students yeah. because of their uh, drill team that has 75 people on it but <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's awesome well and uh john i know you've been there observing the the boys as well i know that the skyview boys didn't didn't fare so well yesterday but uh, i was wondering if you had a chance to, to see that uh, ridgeline game yesterday and Kind of what your observations are about their chances tonight. Well, that Ridgeline game was a great high school basketball game. And give a ton of credit to Ridgeline as a team. But I'll tell you what, Caden Cox in that game, he, he didn't he only had one field goal attempt in the first half, Eric and AJ. But that wow. second half, he went ballistic. He hit he only scored fifteen, but the threes that he had were big. Defensively he I thought he did a good job, and then, I mean, Ridgeline—they're just—they're just a really good team, and and they took care of business. It was a really great atmosphere and exciting game, Ryan. You were here for yeah, that one too. Yeah, still. And, and you know, they did what they had to do. I think we just saw how athletic they are. Yeah, because they—they they were outsized, and really, the thing that they did is though is they—they they took Finlandson out of that that game. They did. and. Dixie really didn't even look like they knew what to do down the stretch. Yeah, and Eric, I talked to one of the, the uh, announcers for St. George Radio, and, and that's what he mentioned to me, just what Ryan said is that Finlandson, who was just a monster in the first half, Ridgeline took him out of the game, and he, he the announcer said that he thought it was weird that Dixie never even tried to set screens for Finlandson because Ridgeline was 
all over. I mean, they just defensively, they switched. They did everything they could to keep the ball away from him, and it worked in their advantage. And, I mean, Ridgeline's got a tough task ahead of them in Cedar. Cedar's a big, strong team. They had to come from behind to beat Crimson Cliffs in a really good barn burner, too, uh, last night. So, I mean, there was some exciting basketball yesterday. Well, but I'm... I'm going to say advantage Ridgeline. Oh, for sure. Tonight, because of the speed factor. Yeah, Chase Hall and Spencer Adams, you know, for sure. Cedar does not have that kind of speed. No, they've got the size, but they've got the size, but they do not have the speed right. to keep up. Uh, I, gentlemen, I know you guys are calling the game tomorrow, so you, I'm not going to ask you for your predictions, but I will ask you for keys for both teams. What do you expect to see in tomorrow's game? Well, for me, I think Skyview. I think they need to use their size inside with Caitlin Smart and uh, also Melanie Hyatt. I think that they have a little bit of a size advantage on Logan. I mean, of course, they've got to take care of Amber Karchner, but I think the size of Skyview, that's where they've got to work the ball inside and do a better job against zone defense because if you're Coach Matson and you were scouting that game, Skyview had a hard time with the zone, and I think that Logan, if they went to zone, Skyview's got to figure out how to do that and attack the zone instead of just pass the ball around the perimeter like they did tonight against uh, Desert Hills. Yeah, and I think another key for Skyview is is limit the other people. Karchner's going to score her points. Yeah. She's going she's gonna to get what she does. You've got to limit the other people with it. That, the hard part is... is uh, Coach Madsen was with Skyview last year. Oh, okay. She was an assistant at Skyview, so they know each other very well. Uh, one of the advantages I think also goes to Skyview is the depth. R- Logan runs six, maybe seven people, and Skyview, you know, they'll run ten, ten people, and I think that's going to pay off. Logan's got to recover from that that exhausting game where they spent so much energy, but. They are young, and they will, yeah. they'll be ready to play. Well, and you wonder how Amber Karchner shows up. I mean, sh- for me, like, that was the best game that I've seen her play with 38 points, and she filled up the stats sheet everybody, uh, everywhere else. But Logan is extremely good at three-point shooting. If you let players like Rudd, Rose, Karchner, or Addie Russell open, and even Kennington, who had a quiet game today, Logan's deadly from the threes, so that's a big key too, I think, AJ, for Logan. If their three-point shots don't go down at the start, to see how they recover from that because that was an emotional game for them. And just a 38 points by Karchner, how much does she have left in the tank? Because if Logan does win the state championship over Skyview tomorrow, there's no question who the MVP of the tournament was. Gentlemen, you are phenomenal. Incredible call throughout the uh, throughout the game, and uh, have a great call tomorrow. We look forward to hearing it from you. All right. Okay, well, we appreciate you. it. All right, guys. Take care. We'll, we get Thanks. more basketball from Hurricane John Newbold tomorrow. And, and, oh, and, and, that's always a good and day. And Ryan Grunig. And Ryan Grunig. Why do you say – that's not a good thing. We hey, AJ, hey. Played, AJ played the last part of that. <laughs> yeah, that hey, can I play this clip really quickly? Okay, so they're talking no, about no, Coach – this is you don't want to play this one. Go ahead. <laughs> no, we better not. Actually, I, I'll no, play for one, Eric that, off that, the end. That clip has uh, harassment. <laughs> I don't even know why. I it's just the context it. of it. Eric is wondering what the heck's going on. I'll I'll play the context after, off the air. Uh, gentlemen, great job. <laughs> we look forward to hearing your voices tomorrow, and uh, right. congratulations on the day. 
Yeah, thanks, RJ. Thanks, Eric. All, All right, guys. thanks, John. Thanks, Ryan. Two of the best in the business. Love those guys. Ryan Gruening, John. I'm not going to play it on air, but you got to listen to this off air. I got to play it for you. You get a kick out of it. Uh, that's our friends from RJ Salas. We're going to go from girls to boys basketball. Coming up after the break, Ridgeline Boys, after an, I mean, just a saucy victory yesterday over Dixie. They're in the state semifinal tonight. And honestly, there is a lot of people after Cedar's upset yesterday. I think Ridgeline's going to be in the state championship tomorrow afternoon. We're going to talk to the radio play-by-play voice of that team, Dave Simmons, and get his keys and his thoughts and his prediction. So come on up here on the Full Court Press on 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Very short edition of the Full Court Press. As the Skyview girls get a 44-41 win over the Desert Hill squad. Number two ranked in 4A in the RPI. Number two no longer. <laughs> Skyview does the job. Skyview Logan All-Girls, a 4A state championship tomorrow. That'll be on the afternoon. We'll simulcast that game. Starts at noon. So it'll be on this station and KVNU. Don't miss it. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, I mean, we deserve to have that, right? I mean, yeah, we've been absolutely. doing that. A designated uh, station for a designated school, and why should the ch- why state should we championship change game be any different? I'm with you. Hey, so we go from the girls to the boys squad. Ridgeline boys, uh, I mean, Caden Cox went off in that second half, like John Newbel talked about. Uh, was pretty held quiet in the first half, got going in the second half, and in overtime, Ridgeline pulls off the big win. They get Cedar tonight in an upset. Cedar beat Crimson Cliffs. And people are favoring Ridgeline. And to talk more about it is the voice of the Ridgeline River Hawks boys basketball team, Dave Simmons, joins us. Dave, good to have you. Thanks for having me, Tim. Hey, so let's start with last night. What an impressive victory. But what stood out to you the most? And what was the contrast between the first half and the second half? The resiliency of the Ridgeline team really stood out to me and probably everybody there. And they got down decently big in the first half and first quarter, actually back a little bit into it in, in the second quarter and made a three um, at the end of the first half. And then the Finlands had just launches like a three-quarter court shot and makes it to bump it back up to 10 at the end of the first half. So you go from seven thinking, okay, we're here, we're, this is manageable, right back to 10, which was kind of a punch in the stomach. But, boy, that third quarter, Caden Cox just decided, I'm just going to start launching. And, you guys, he was hitting stuff from – what would be the volleyball line, if people know what that is. That that line is between the three-point line and half-court. Just crazy range that that kid has. So, uh, Caden's cock starts going off, and uh, the... I guess just the, the momentum that he was able to start to to get going just from his sheer will and how that kind of affected his teammates and how they're able to start to get more engaged as well. How did that start to play out in the second half? Okay, so in the first half, Caden took one three, and it was in the first quarter pretty early, and it was really quite deep, too. Dixie ran a it – it's kind of a hybrid between a 2-3 and a 3-2. They just drop they, – they bring the wings up, and then they bump them back. It, it's pretty standard on all things, but um, anyways, they push it out. In fact, their back line is almost close to the, the free-throw line area, so they really push it back. So the points that Ridgeline was getting in the first quarter were all in the paint. It was high-low stuff from Peyton – um, Noel's down to Josh Jackman and vice versa. And Will Booth came in and gave him some decent minutes there as well. But um, 
So there just really was no shots for Caden to have unless he was willing to launch from 30 feet. And in the second half, they still continued to run that, that defense and went ahead and started launching from 25, 30 feet and starts faking them. And now what that does is it brings them out even further and you can, and the lanes start to open up. It was just, it was just Caden deciding that's it. I'm going to start shooting. And if anybody knows, I've, I've coached Caden since he was second grade in second grade. That little dude, even as a second grader had, there was something different about his jump shot. And we've seen it all the way coming up through. And, and at the end of the preseason, Remember, he got hurt in the last football game against Skyview in the terrible weather and the whole thing that happened. Broke his leg, came back between Christmas and New Year's, and and played. We played. They played down at Juan Diego and had that tournament and ended up playing. If you remember, American Ford and Westlake, who are one and two in six A, beat a six A beating team, but they got out of preseason with a super difficult schedule and. You know, their, their record didn't look awesome. But I kept saying, this team is going to be fine, especially once Caden and everybody kind of got back together and gelled. They were going to be just fine. And, and they got into region and started proving me right. And and the rest is kind of history until these next two days. You know, nobody would blame Ridgeline if they had an emotional letdown, at least to start this game. But with it being the state semifinal, do you feel like Ridgeline comes up? comes prepared and comes ready, or are you worried about some kind of a letdown emotionally, just even if it is the start? Not a letdown emotionally. Like I said, I've been around this group for a long time. They've been in big games. Keep in mind, you guys, nowadays these high school kids have played some pretty big-time games in the AAU circuit, too. Caden Cox has played in it. He plays on a, we used to call it an XM Elite. I think they've changed it now. But he, he's played in Atlanta, in L.A. I mean, this is a kid that is, they've played in big-time games. So an emotional letdown, no, R.J., but, but Cedar, they're grown men, man. Even yesterday, Dixie, they, they were huge. And then you see these guys down here and, and the size they have, you just wonder, do you have enough? You know, do you have enough of the guys to be able to battle with people of, of that size? Um but I don't worry about a. They're going to fight you all the way to the end. This is a, a scrappy, scrappy team, and uh, so I don't worry about that. I just worry: do you have, do you have the team that can beat the Cedar team? I was talking to another guy in town earlier this week who he understands the game. He's coached at a pretty high level, and he said he's heard from people down south that Cedar they thought was the team to beat in this thing, which is saying something. Wow. Dixie's really good. Desert Hills is really good. Uh, Juan Diego is really good. Um, but Cedar's big. They got We might have lost John right there. Or not John, there, but there, oh, there he is. Sorry, Dave, you're breaking up on us a little bit. Okay. Yeah, we're going into the into the back canyons. I might lose you. Now, you were just talking about the size of Cedar. Yeah. They're a good-sized team. That's They got the Grant kid who is – Committed to Utah State. This is a this is going to be a super big test for Ridgeline, just based on you know being able to battle that kind of big guy. I don't know if I cut out, but these guys. Are really 
Yeah, well, I guess one last uh, question for me, if we still have you before you, if we totally lose you, is this is a Cedar team that was down twenty to nine in the first quarter, uh, in the quarterfinals last night. Battled their way back, uh, came back, it uh, had a big fourth quarter, but also what they did defensively. This is a team just looking over their schedule that has the ability to score a lot of points, but also the ability to hold their opponents um, at, at b- below where they normally go as well, and, and just. You, you saw their size, but what else did you see from them if you got a chance to watch them and, and what they did uh, against Crimson Cliffs or in the other games this week? Um, not not only tall, Eric, but big, strong. Does that make sense? I mean, they're not they're not string beans. These are big, strong, like I said, almost grown men-looking kids who, who can throw that strength around a little bit, guys that look like they've been in the weight room. So you know, that type of thing and with that type of length and athleticism and strength, I can totally see him being a really, really good defensive team. They got down big, but so did Ridgeline, and, and that goes to show you the, the grit that both of these two teams have. Dave, we know you're about to enter into the canyon. We wish you the very best in tonight's call. We look forward to listening to you. Uh, have a great call, and uh, go River Hawks. Thanks, guys. All right. Yeah, it could be three Region 11 teams Imagine that. in state championship. Imagine that. And we were this close, honestly, uh, to, to maybe having – and all Region 11 boys and all Region 11 girls. Uh, give credit to a, Skyview who had a great season. They just ran into a buzzsaw. That was the Desert Hills. I mean, they I mean, Skyview played their ends off, and Desert Hills just couldn't miss. And it was just one of those nights. And unfortunately, we had an unfortunate incident, I think, in the third quarter. Uh, kind of marred things the way the game was going. But, uh, uh, again, a great season for Coach Hillard and for Skyview boys basketball. But, again, hey, all the talk and all the focus should be on Ridgeline. They've earned that right. And with Caden Cox leading the way, I like Ridgeline's chances tonight to be in the state championship tomorrow. Just uh, maybe for some context. Hit me. Um, Cedar City and Desert Hills played in double overtime the first time they faced each other earlier in, uh, I guess this was in late January, and Desert Hills won by one. And then to close out the regular season in region play, region nine play, Desert Hills uh, at Cedar City and the Reds win that one 70 to 65. Cedar City beat Green Canyon in the in the uh, their opening rounds of the actually it was technically the second round of the uh, playoffs. They beat Green Canyon 65 to 48. And then Cedar City with the upset last night 64 to 62 over Crimson Cliffs after being down 20 to 9, they play the second quarter pretty even. They create separation in the third and then they have really good defense in the fourth to get get them in the opportunity to win the game, and they do. I like I like the uh, what Dave said. It's just the resiliency of Ridgeline, but there's also resiliency of Cedar. Both teams were down double digits, and both teams were getting clocked by much much better on paper basketball teams. Both Ridgeline and Cedar fought their way back into it, made big buckets at the end, and then end up advancing to the state semifinal. This is the way it should be. I I, I love it. Would you call? Though, would you call Cedar a Cinderella into the state semifinal now? I mean, is it that kind of a title with this team? Uh, well, let's see. The I mean, because Dave said they were kind of fa- people thought they were going to be in this position. Cedar is a six seed. Ridgeline is a seventh. So I'd put the slipper on Ridgeline I, before I, I like that. Cedar. I like that. Hey, uh, by the way, I was asked about it today from a listener, a loyal listener of ours. Are we doing all region teams again? Yes, we are. Okay, I'm waiting for your your list. 
I, I've been sweating <laughs> over it too. I've been kind of waiting this out, but then I'm like, uh, I've got a few that have been turned in. I'm still waiting on a few others. Mine might be one of those. <laughs> hey, again, Eric, uh, help our listeners, wonderful listeners. Where's Ridgeline basketball tonight? And then how can they listen to the girls action tomorrow? Yeah. Great question. So the Ridgeline boys in the four a semifinal, as they take on Cedar, That'll be on 104.5 The Ranch, 104.5 The Ranch in Cache County. And Dave Simmons will have his pregame coverage starting at about 7.20. Game is expected to tip off at 7.30. That's if everything goes as planned and there aren't any other (laughs) overtimes or delays. But expect that pregame to be about 7.20, tip off at 7.30 on 104.5 The Ranch. On the 104 the, uh, The Ranch mobile app, and it's also streaming online. We've got those details on cashvalleydaily.com. Uh, and then tomorrow, it's going to be, uh, 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 we know there's going to be a championship game and that there's going to be championship hardware coming to Cash Valley. We just don't know if it's headed to uh, Smithfield or Logan. Uh, but we'll have that game here on the fan and on KVNU. Pregame with Hurricane John Newbold at about 11.50 tomorrow morning. And uh, tip-off will be at noon on both of those stations. So a lot of different ways to follow along and listen to that game. And uh, excited to have championship basketball taking place and have some full coverage of it. And we're hoping to have uh, the Ridgeline boys covered as well because if they win tonight, they'll play the boys' championship at 2.30. And again, that'll be over on 104.5 The Ranch. Absolutely. After uh, Region 11 High School, and by the way, win or lose, CashValleyDaily.com tomorrow. Recaps, photo galleries, and they're great photos too. I mean, you get the reaction after the game and, and just the photos. It, it captures everything for you. So, again, go to CashValleyDaily.com to get your recaps and photo galleries for tomorrow of today's games tomorrow and then the games tomorrow on Friday or Thursday. Or later Wednesday, yeah. Wh- whichever. Yeah, sometime. You know where I'm going. I uh, don't want to leave this out, but the playoffs for the Idaho schools, both Westside and Preston, Preston. they are both, and Bear Lake, don't want to leave them out. Uh, those begin on Thursday. That's Thursday, Friday, Saturday up in the Boise, in the Boise area, area yeah. for both the 2A and the 4A. So we'll be keeping an eye on those scores as well and try to update you on those on Cash Valley Daily too. All right, coming back, we're going to talk some college basketball. Eric, I need to get your thoughts on the Utah State Aggie sweep over Nevada. Uh, we'll recap that, put a cap on it, put a bow on it, get rid of it, get you ready for Wyoming, Fresno State throughout the week. Uh, Jazz got a big game tomorrow versus the defensive player of the year, Ben Simmons. <laughs> Good gosh. Uh, we're going to get to we'll, – we'll, we'll look at NBA basketball. They lost last night versus the Pelicans. Short show tomorrow, by the way, uh, as Pel- or excuse me, Sixers Jazz were at 5 o'clock. So we're going to be off early tomorrow. Uh, and then Thursday and Friday we'll have full uh, two-hour shows for you. So that- We need to do our pick six. Did you, you didn't go through pick six yesterday, did you? No. Did I win? I have the results. Your voice says I won. Your tone of voice says I won. Thank you. I have the results. Yes. I love it. You can't hide it now. Can't hide the excitement. Full Court Press. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and AJ Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Shortened show today thanks to uh, Skyview Girls basketball. But, hey, that's a good thing because Skyview Girls get the upside photo for 44-41 over Desert Hill, Desert Hills Thunder. Uh, good stuff. Absolutely great stuff. And uh, 
Now you got an all-region 11 girls state championship tomorrow. Again, that's at 12. That'll be both on 610 AM KVNU and on this very station, 106.9 The Fan. Ridgeline boys tonight uh, in state semifinal action. We hope to see them and hear them uh, on the radio tomorrow at 2.30 for the 4A boys state championship. So uh, good luck to the Ridgeline boys, and a big thanks to Dave, to John, to Ryan for joining us to recap some of the crazy action uh, in high school basketball, and we will do it tomorrow uh, as well. So... Uh, big thanks to them. Eric, uh, Utah State got the sweep over Nevada. Uh, and I, I know you were absent, uh, but I wanted to get your thoughts on on what was a really impressive sweep for the Aggies. I know game one had a little bit more drama than Coach Smith wanted, but then yeah. game two, boy, I mean, they just absolutely eliminated any sort of that kind of doubt immediately. Yeah, game one, built a nice lead, and then kind of got, I don't know, maybe a little lackadaisical too much. Nevada starts making some shots. Uh, and by the by the time that game was over, I was really worried about Sunday. I was worried that Nevada f- found a groove. They just had too deep of a hole to dig out of, and they would potentially carry that over into Sunday. I was worried. After so much time off, maybe a little bit uh, rusty in game one, they started to figure some things out. Watch out for game two. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> But you know what? The, the the lineup change from Coach Smith I thought was brilliant. Uh, basically putting Marco Anthony as your starting point guard, uh, having Ashworth be coming off the bench, uh, it solidifies that second unit. And I really like the, the move that we start to see develop the, the week previous and seeing a little bit more Max Shulga. I really liked how he played. Oh, my goodness. Okay, what was more sexier to you? Raleigh's between the legs save – Justin Bean's 50-foot dive into the tunnel to save a basketball. By the way, he was out of bounds. Uh, or three, the Max Sulga, like, 35-foot bounce pass he threw to Marco, who then botched the dunk. And I'm sure Marco was going to be needing to buy Sulga dinner for that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that was a beautiful pass. I mean, I mean, just some of those plays. Like, the Raleigh save between the legs. I mean, he's coming right at me, and I'm thinking, there's no way he's going to get there. And he just, like, in, like, one motion, just taps it between his legs and say, I was like, how in the world did he get there? I mean, it was just... Impressive basketball, and when you have Ashworth, Raleigh, and Shulga on the court, that gave Nevada serious problems. They could not contain the three. No, yeah, that was uh, this was surprising to me, to be honest. I, I thought that that Nevada defensive pressure would have been better. Yeah, uh, at least more on point. On point, yeah, yeah. good point. So, uh, really impressed with how Utah State opened things up. Uh, they were playing with confidence. Oh, a lot of they swag. were having fun. My goodness, and Nimi Keta. I mean, my gosh. What an amazing Yeah, what else do you weeks. say about this guy? And so for that, he's named Mountain West Conference Player of the Week. He averaged a double-double with 21 points, 15 boards, 4 assists, 2 blocks, 1 steal. Uh, in Game 1, he had 16 points, 17 boards, 3 blocks. In Game 2, he had 26 points, 13 boards, 6 dimes. And uh, again, they won by 87-66 in the final score. In Game 1, it was 75-72. And in Game 1, by the way, Keta, 10-14 at the charity stripe. Not too shabby. Hey, uh, Mount West Conference Player of the Year, if I had to make you choose right now, your Mount West Conference Player of the Year, I think Sherfield's been eliminated. Yeah. Uh, Matt Mitchell, I feel like he's missed I, I feel like he's missed too many games, but they just did sweep Boise State. But Shackle was a big reason why. But who is your Mount West Conference Player of the Year right now? I mean, I want to say Nimi. I know. He deserves I'm, it. I'm with you. But I would say it's going to go to Matt Mitchell. Not Derek Alston. No. Wow. Give me your reason. Just give me your thought process. Best I'm, player on the best team. That's how some people, is, they they default to that. I mean, I understand that reasoning, winning should mean something. 
but um, it, really the the best player in the league is Namish Keta. Oh, and how yeah. he impacts the game Heavens on both gracious, sides of the yeah. court. And I don't think it's really close right now, to be honest with you. Just what he's doing alone on this team is fantastic. I mean, absolutely fantastic. So, again, congratulations to Namish Keta, who is your uh, Mount West Conference Player of the Week, without a doubt, and it wasn't even close. I just, I mean, again, he hours 21, 15, 4, 2, and 1. That's that's Namish Keta numbers. That's just a ho-hum week for him. Aggies get ready for Wyoming on Thursday. Fresno on Saturday. Eric, it's a late-night game Saturday, 8 o'clock. Are you worried about game, travel, game, home, two days, and you're in Vegas? Maybe here's what I'm worried about. Fresno State currently has a 29-21 to lead at Boise State with three and a half to go in the first half. Fresno is bombing it from three. No way. In the first half. Wait, Fresno's winning by eight? Fresno is up 29-21 to right now as we speak. They're six for 11 from three I'm gonna throw already one. in the first half. Boise does not have an answer for what Fresno State is doing to them in the first half. So, um, yeah, having to travel to Fresno, play on their court late on a Saturday night. Um, I, I still like the Aggies' chances, but it's not ideal by any means. Not uh, it, Your last game before you, the tournament and seeding could be on the line if you're the number two team or the number four team. Yeah. Maybe even the number five team. Yeah. Big difference there. Uh, by the way, uh, two things. One, Boise State trailing game one against these guys, Fresno State, where it's down by only two, ended up winning by 22. Uh, and then if the tournament were to have their favorites win out the rest of the Mountain West Conference regular season, here's what your bracket would look like as of right now. Wyoming and San Jose State in the 8-9 game on Wednesday. Fresno State Air Force in the 7-10 game, and UNLV New Mexico in the 6-11 game. So you would assume Wyoming, Fresno, and UNLV would be your winners. So going to the quarterfinals, Colorado State would be the one seed. No, that's not right. That's San Diego State would be the one seed. Um, if you're looking at the bracket that I was looking at, they yeah. didn't factor in the forfeited games that got awarded to oh. San Diego State. So... I'm going to correct this person who tweeted this out. He corrected it himself, actually. Maybe oh. missed that part. But Come on. San Diego State would be the number one seed if everything still plays out. And so they would play the winner of Wyoming, San Jose State, probably likely Wyoming. Yeah. Boise State would have to play Nevada. And by the way, Nevada swept <laughs> Boise State in the juicy. first series. Very juicy. Hey, do you think that could happen? I mean, are, is Nevada, can they get refocused? Enough to go get Boise State a third time? They Their matchups were favorable against Boise State. Mm. I'm sure the Broncos are going to be upset, and they're like, oh, yeah. hey, you can't beat us three times. Uh, Colorado State would be the two seed, and so they'd play the winner of Fresno State and Air Force, which would be Fresno. And then Utah State would play the winner of UNLV in New Mexico, so the Aggies would get another game against uh, UNLV more, more than likely. So imagine this. San Jose State and Boise State on Friday night, they got to beat the crap out of each other. And then if Utah State can take care of business, if it were to be Colorado State, they get to pick up the scraps on Saturday afternoon. Here's the bad news. The times have been released for the games, and they're tough. Utah State, if they were to remain a three seed, would play at 8.30 Pacific time. That's 9.30 Mountain time on Thursday. If they win, they play Friday at 10 o'clock Mountain time, 9 o'clock Pacific time, with the championship game being at 4 o'clock Mountain time on Saturday. So late games, Thursday, Friday, turn around and play Saturday. They did it last year. 
But boy, Sam Merrill and Coach Smith both admitted they were extremely exhausted. That team was very exhausted after the Wyoming game. And to play Colorado State in a semifinal game that late at night, oh boy. Am I wrong by thinking it's better for Utah State to be in that 2-3 position? Because you avoid San Diego State and you avoid Boise State. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And that's the way You're on the opposite side of the bracket. Yes. Um, and I think it's an easier... I mean, Colorado State gave... And they split their series with Utah State. They're a tough team. But... Um, I don't know. I just... I think that's, that's the better place to be. I don't see them overtaking San Diego State. I don't really see them falling too far, but no. I, like, gosh, if they if they slip up against Fresno State on Saturday, it's possible they could slip into that four spot, and then they have to face Nevada and then San Diego State in the semifinal. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I would imagine. Look, I w- I want Colorado State in the semifinal because that's a better matchup for us right now than San Diego State and Boise State. Boise State scares the world out of me. Here's the issue: UNLV on Thursday night is a problem for me. If that's who we were to get, UNLV, who we're 3-19 against on that floor, I'm a little worried. Just a little. I know we split with them, right? We split with UNLV there? Yeah, yep. So, But I do get a tad bit concerned playing UNLV in Vegas. Yeah, but I thought that, you know, we were kind of thinking that UNLV, when they beat the Aggies, that, oh, this is a team that's finally coming back. They're coalescing. They're going to be tough from here on out in the Mountain West. They just never really were. Yeah. They've been kind of all over the place. All right. By the way, go ahead. Real quickly, yes, the, the lead's up to nine now for Fresno. And remember all that chatter about how many fans were excited and beating down the door to get into the Extra Mile Arena to watch Boise State because they're so excited about their basketball team. Yeah. There's only about 700 fans in their game tonight. <laughs> hey, by the way, with that, you want to know what's better? Allsons one of eight from the floor. He's three of twenty in the past two games. Going to BJ Reigns. <laughs> Player of the Year candidate in Idaho only. All right, we're going to take a break, come back, we're going to talk some Jazz basketball, and then we're going to get to our pick six. I'm so excited that I finally won a pick six. It feels like forever. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Eric France and Ajay Salveson on The Fan. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Hey, it's the Full Court Press. Uh, We're wrapping it up here for hour number, well, hour number one. Technically, number two, and the then the second short, hour, second hour of the show. Uh, but and we have a short show tomorrow, by the way, about forty-five minutes long. We'll turn the reins over to David Locke as Utah Jazz get ready for a big one against Philadelphia in the Philly, the state, the, the city that hates Santa Claus. Uh, we'll get you ready for Sixers and Jazz basketball tomorrow. Uh, Aggies, Wyoming on Thursday. Aggies, Bulldogs on Saturday. Bulldogs giving Boise State all sorts of fits on their senior night currently, as we speak right now. Uh, Eric, uh, let's get so quickly some Jazz basketball. They lose last night to the Pelicans. Not a great loss. Zion Williamson just dominated in the second half. Pretty much did whatever he wanted to. Impressive performance from Zion, but not a great performance offensively from the Jazz. Well, I mean, they scored 124 points. I mean, it's, it's not a bad offensive night. What so, bothers me is their defense. 74 points in the paint for New Orleans. 74. That's a problem. Zion, and look, they've got a big lineup. And we knew that the Jazz could sometimes struggle against uh, lineups that go big. Um, but 74 points in the paint? Yeah. That's tough. That, I mean, I loved the fight, in, in the, the, the way they fought back in the last few minutes there and 
Gosh, got it within one, and I'm thinking, my gosh, they've got hey. momentum. They're making plays. They might steal this thing. What the heck happened on that final possession, the inbound, when they were down by two? Like, they just looked like a lot of sorts. Like, all of a sudden, Conley catches it. He throws it into the corner to bogey. He's already stuck there. He yeah, says, they're throwing I, it back and forth a to mess, each other. Man. Like, you take the three. No, you take the three. And <laughs> Quinn like, lost his mind. We're just by standing the way. right there, guys. We know what you're trying to do. Yeah, Quinn lost his mind too. You could tell he was frustrated because either the play went the wrong way or someone didn't break out that was supposed to. And all of a sudden, Bogey stuck in the corner. Then it's back to Conley. I just and it ends up with a Conley three. It's not even close. So they've lost three of their last six. I told you it was coming, Eric. And in those three losses, Ajay, those three losses have been in clutch, and they've lost each game that's been in the clutch. Uh, like a close contest within a few points in the last few minutes of the game. So unless the Jazz are blowing teams out, they're struggling in the close contests. So that's a bit of a concern. Yeah, it's... Uh, but the, 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 the narrative is, well, now everybody knows the Jazz are the number one team. Now everybody's coming at them with their best, and they're trying their hardest to knock off the number one team. Okay, yeah. but still, you have to... The team that you have, you should be able to still beat these teams. You got to raise and elevate your game. Yeah. Yes. Utah has a target on its back. They need to be prepared for that. Uh, let's get to a couple other things before we move on to pick six results. Uh, MLB has announced that they're going to delay the AAA season by at least one month. And so they're going to be waiting to play baseball. Uh, and it's uh, due to the. So I'm looking for the reason. You're according to Jeff Passan of ESPN.com uh, that it's, it's part of making sure that they are able to play and have a very safe environment for both fans in the ballpark, and then they're hoping to have baseball back very soon. But it's going to be, again, a delay for about a month or so, of course, uh, according to the league that sent out a memo confirming to teams. Uh, and, again, for AAA, that's, uh, that's going to look in about May, I believe. May is when they'll start baseball again, which is a bummer. Like, let's just It's play a bummer already. that there's a delay, but it's not a cancellation like yeah. there was last Amen. year, so that's encouraging. Uh, other news is my guy, Kyle Van Noy, has been uh, cut by the Dolphins. So the Dolphins are going to go back to sucking again in NFL football. After a year ago saying, we're going to give okay. them $15 million, yeah. $30 million guaranteed. That just makes no sense to me, man. And it's like, nope. Uh, three-point shootout, three-point contest announced officially for the for the NBA All-Star Weekend. Who do we got? Devin Booker, okay. Jalen Brown, okay. Steph Curry, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum. S- Steph Curry by a mile. It'll come down to Steph Curry and Devin Booker. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think Donovan Mitchell gets eliminated in the first round. That would be my. He's probably. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if. I don't know what Tatum and uh, Brown what their percentages are, but I would guess that Donovan Mitchell's probably got the worst three point percentage of all of those six guys. Oh yeah, without a doubt. It's not a bad three point percentage. It's just the worst among them. Uh, other news: Paul Weir is going to be uh, uh, is going to I guess mutually agree to part ways with New Mexico after the season's over. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, we had uh, Jeff Grammer on, and he's like, look, he, he hasn't really been helping the situation. They've got a tough situation there, but Coach Weir hasn't really helped it. He just keeps belaboring just yeah. how difficult it is, and it just wears on everybody. And so they're like, look, it's just, it's just part ways. Yeah. It's too bad. Hey, how about uh, Baylor with a big win today? They actually clinched their uh, first, I'm going to make sure I got this right, but first conference title since 1950, if I'm not mistaken here. Yes. Uh, is that right? 94-96 yep. or 94-89 win over Virginia that they – so, yeah, it's their first regular season conference championship 
1950. Congratulations to Baylor, who had like a three-week COVID break because they couldn't get out of the situation, finally get back into it, and now win the Big 12 title. That's uh, that's impressive. Them and Gonzaga, I think, are heading shoulders above a lot of teams. I know Michigan's creeping up. So, uh, And then Alabama's playing right now. They were, of course, upset by Arkansas, whose now coach is Mr. I like to take my shirt off and show my body off, <laughs> Eric Musselman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, Eric Musselman's doing great things with he Arkansas, is. though. It's, it's impressive. Working. It's it impressive. Hey, uh, some updates on bracketology today. Yes, let's hear it. Um, ESPN's Joe Lunardi has Boise State as an 11 seed, Colorado State as an 11 seed, San Diego State as an 8 seed, USU among the first four out. Uh, CBS, Jerry Palm, uh, San Diego State as a 9, Colorado State as a 10, Boise as an 11 as part of the last four in, USU is out. Fox Sports, Mike DeCourcy, kind of a similar story, San Diego State an 8, Colorado State an 11, Boise State at 12, USU, first four out. Uh, NCAA, uh, Andy Katz puts that together for them. That's a good job. Uh, San Diego State as a 9 seed, Boise State as an 11, and that's it. Both Colorado State and USU out. Okay. So, wow. work, work to be done yes. for well, the Mountain West. Look, Craig's 8-0 and against Mountain West Conference teams, including the tournament, in March. Let's go 13-0. and that's what I think. I like it. <laughs> go 13-0 and now and go win it all. By the way, I'm a tad worried. Uh, Minnesota, Rick Pitino, or that, or that Pitino, Rick's son, is uh, on the verge of getting canned. Minnesota. Craig Smith, think he gets a phone call? Minnesota. He don't. Minnesota. Don't. All right, we got, uh, what, 90? Well, we got about two and a half minutes left. Let's get to pick six. Pick six. Pick my nose six. Results are in. All right. Uh, Jazz over Orlando by yes. 12 and a half points. Yep. I took the, we both took the over. Yep. They won by 15. Yep. Congratulations on both of us. Uh, Namiyash Keta blocks in game one versus Nevada. We set the line at two and a half. He had three. We both took the over. We both. So we're two and two. Yes. We're doing good. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Max Shulga minutes in game two versus Nevada. Set the line at 10 and a half. Ajay, he had 24 minutes. I took the over. You took the under. I took the over. I took the over. You took the under. I took the over. <laughs> Stephen Ashworth threes <laughs> in game one. Set the line at two and a half. He only took two. Oh, that was close. I took the under, but you took the over. Okay. What's the score? So it's four to two. You? Now. Still two more left to go. The I'm up heck? four to two. Uh, Namish Keta rebounds in game one. Set the line at 12 and a half. I went under. You went over. Actually, at 17. So now it's four to three. Is it going to come down to a tie? Here we go. Please. George Niang missed three-point oh, shots dude. at we, Orlando. No. Set the line at four and a half. He actually only missed two, but we both took the under. So I got five right. You got four right. But you know what? We've been waiting on this for a George long time. Sucked. He's so overrated. It's finally here. Oh, it's here. As a lifelong, dude. what is this? For my lifelong fan. Oh, yeah. Number one fan. Yes. Yes. To include with all that other memorabilia you have hanging in your oh, house. Oh, man. This will go ne- great next to my Derek Sapp jersey. <laughs> Derek Sapp. What uh, is it? You got to explain what it is. It is a Super Bowl towel of the Buccaneers. That is awesome. See, when you put effort into gifts, I get grateful. So when you, like, your wife's cleaning or you're cleaning? No. No, the bathroom, no, 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 no. Or when you're cleaning the, no. the sink and the oven and you need little hand, extra hand towel. I will no longer cuddle with Reggie. I will cuddle with my Super Bowl Buccaneers towel. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Very, very kind of you and thoughtful and correct. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's good stuff. All right. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a remember. Uh, we're going to have a short show tomorrow. Girls basketball tomorrow. Boys at basketball noon. tonight. Yeah. Ridgeline boys at 730 on 104.5 The Fan. Good luck, Ridgeline.